How are you guys doing? This episode is sponsored by Atlas VPN. I actually took a break myself yesterday and decided to go fishing for a day and not look up anything related to Ukraine and or Russia. I didn't even actually use my phone to be honest with you guys, but we are back at it. We have a ton to go over with you guys over this uh, this episode. I mean, we pretty much we've got a loaded episode for you guys. There are unconfirmed reports as of right now that the Finnish Ministry of Interior Defense has began to inspect all the nuclear shelters around the country. Now, Finland has one of the most robust and expansive nuclear bunker systems on planet Earth, and they literally could shelter nearly their entire population. That's pretty expansive. Now, Russian officials are actually threatening military attacks against Finland and Sweden once again. This seems to be a never-ending cycle of threats we are dealing with on a daily. Not here, me personally, like in America, but they are. Everybody inside of Sweden and Finland. I'm sure some of you guys who are who are watching this, I don't know how many of you guys are Swedes and or Finnish, I don't know what you guys really think of this, but anyway, a deputy representative of Russia at the United Nations has actually said this. They know, talking about you Swedes and you Finnish folk, at the moment, they become members of NATO. It will imply certain mere moves on the Russian side. If there are NATO detachments in those territories, those territories will become a target for a strike. Okay. Now, these threats are apparently seen as being somewhat empty because Finland has now officially announced that it will apply for NATO membership. And Finnish parliament was expected to consider this decision the next coming days or so, the next few days. And I'm going to assume, by the way, that Sweden's going to come on and, and join board in the next week or so because Sweden's not going to join without Finland and Finland's not going to join without Sweden kind of deal. They're kind of attached to the hip. They want, neither one of them wants to be left on the wayside, you know what I mean, have to deal with Russia. So there is an apparent recording right now, by the way, of a Russian oligarch that is close to the Russian government saying that Putin is very ill with blood cancer. I think I said this back in February. I think the guy could possibly have some type of terminally ill. A lot of people think he has scoliosis or some sort, which is not which is not a terminal thing. But now this is coming out that no one really knows if this thing is actually truth, a rumor, or just a possible disinformation to actually intend to make Putin himself look primed to be removed for what he's doing inside of Ukraine. But there was a top-secret memo that did come out from the FSB, which is Russia's domestic security agency, and it was all—it was—it was actually intended for all the regional FSB uh, leaders. Okay, now this memo instructed the regional chiefs not to trust rumors about the president's terminal condition. They were told to actually dispel any rumors to this effect that may actually spread within the local FSB units. But apparently, some of the units believe that it is possible he could be sick. I don't know how true that is, but I thought I would tell you guys at least. Uh, I don't want to spread some some misinformation to you guys, but I'm going to give you guys what I think to be could possibly be true. Uh, this is the type of thing that happened actually back inside of the Soviet Union. Uh, nothing is believed until the state says it's malicious falsehood. So Russian state TV is pushing a narrative, by the way, that NATO is about to start a war against Russia, which is strange because no NATO country is currently trying to invade and or take over another country's land. Uh, this is clearly nothing more than an attempt to lure Russian citizens into fighting for Russia against the supposed НАТО инвейдерс, которые приходят. Поэтому смотрите это видео. Конечно же, мы видим, что риски многократно возросли. И хотя вступление Финляндии и Швеции в НАТО вроде как, по заявлениям этих двух стран, не касается напрямую России, на самом деле это не так. И, безусловно, подготовка к войне, она идет полным ходом. Это подготовка к войне против России. Мы должны сегодня стимулировать именно оперативный резерв. У нас, послушайте, сколько у нас граждан э, стран СНГ получили российское гражданство. Да, они не служили у нас в армии. Да, мы не можем их призвать на военную службу. Но стимулировать для того, чтобы они пополняли ряды наших вооруженных сил, это сегодня необходимо делать. Да? Есть все возможности. Послушайте, у нас есть регионы депрессивные, где э, безработица. 
Вот, пожалуйста, служба по контракту на добровольной основе поможет как раз-таки решить этот вопрос. Сегодня должен, Ольга, работать один принцип. Все для фронта, все для победы. So Atlas VPN is used by 6 million users worldwide. You guys can literally protect all your devices with one single subscription, stop ads, malware. This is more than just a VPN. It blocks all malicious links, ads, and trackers. It notifies you when someone is trying to steal your data. Get the best deals online as well while you're shopping through Netflix, Spotify, airlines, hotels, and more right now. You guys can check out Atlas VPN. It'll be linked to the very top description. Go to get.atlasvpn.com forward slash speak the truth to take advantage of this three-year deal at $1.99 a month. That is right. You guys can get Atlas VPN at a huge discount. Three-year subscription for just $1.99 a month with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Time is running out, so get your deal by clicking the link at the very top of the description or go to get.atlasvpn.com forward slash speak the truth to take advantage of this deal right now before it runs out. I use Atlas VPN on all of my devices because I'm also searching a ton of crazy stuff when it comes to this Russia, Ukraine, and I don't want to be tracked. I don't want people to find me. I don't want to know where I'm at. I don't, I just, you know, I just like to be left alone. Sit back here inside my little cozy house and just be left completely alone. So make sure to check them out. You guys don't want people looking at your stuff, knowing where you're at. You want to be hidden forever, pretty much. Well, this is what you got to do. Go to get.atlasvpn.com forward slash speak the truth or click the link at the very top of the description. Support the companies that support this channel. I do appreciate you guys. Thank you so much to Atlas VPN for sponsoring this video. All right. So Russian wildfires have basically been out of control. And this is, I know this seems a little bit random when it comes to the war inside of Ukraine, but it is very, fairly important. You'll see here in a second. And their Ministry of Emergency Situations has stated that sharply escalated fires in the Armour region remains difficult to smother out in all of Siberia and the farther east uh, side of Russia. So, so far, there's been 19 villages that have been burned completely to the ground, and no one seems to be able to put these things out, mainly because the military would generally come in and help them put out these fires, but they're currently being used inside of, as we all know, Ukraine, and all the infrastructure to put the fire out or put these fires out is also in Ukraine and or on the border towns in Russia. So there's that, as you guys did see inside those photos. So Russia's actually set up prisons for their soldiers that are refusing to fight in the southern part of the country of Ukraine, clearly. Uh, the regional military administration has said that the Russian forces are imprisoning their own fellow soldiers in a local school and are cremating the bodies of the fallen soldiers in a chicken coop. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I, I thought when I, I read that. Oh, what? A, a chicken coop. Okay, anyway, we're going to go over to the mapping. So the counteroffensive inside of the Kharkiv area has been fairly effective and has continued to push the Russian elements back into Ukraine. They're literally retreating all across this, this northern half right there, which I just circled. So the first guards tank army units have been reported by the Ukrainian intelligence to have been operating north of Kharkiv now. They've been moved in to help stabilize the defensive line north of Rubazin, which is right here. So this is roughly where the first guards tank army is right now. That's of the Russian military. They have been clearly uh, moved in uh, to this area to prevent Ukrainian forces from gaining any more ground towards the town of Vovchansk. So there is a Ukrainian element that was pushing north. This is one of the ones that's been pushing up for the last two or three weeks as of right now. So they have been moved in to stop them from taking Vovchance. They cannot allow that to happen. But right now, Vovchance is still, as of right now, it's only 9.19 miles away from being touched by a howitzer if it needs to. I have no idea if the Ukrainian military is going to do that. But I will say that means that this entire route you see right here is going to be... Well, it's going to be in range of an M777 howitzer, which has been supplied by the United States. I believe we're going to see the Russians shift more of their operational base out of Belgorod 
uh, to the to the city of Alyuki. So here's Belgorod right here. Now, this has been one of the main logistical hubs for the northern side of Kharkiv for this entire conflict. But with the problem that is, all the routes leading out of Belgorod are in uh, danger of being hit either by Ukrainian soft units and or artillery fire because those M777s have been doing some damage, which, matter of fact, those M777s were the only reason why those pontoon bridges the other day were destroyed. That was one of the largest, by the way, mass casualty days the Russian military has seen this entire conflict. Now, Valyuki, real quick, is over here. There's a main train route, as you guys can see, a little dotted line that comes out of Valyuki, heads into Kupiansk. That is the main supply route right now for all of uh, for all the Russian forces. So the Russians have actually redeployed four BTGs worth of men from the Izium area up near Kupiansk. Okay, so roughly right through here, inside of this area, right there. That is the rough estimate of where they're at. I've seen multiple different mapping and, and reports, but I'll tell you guys right now, they've redeployed four BTGs worth of men from Izium. We knew that they had 22 BTGs in total down inside of Izium. Taking four, is that's a pretty significant amount of people. I told you guys last week, I, I distinctly remember telling you, they're going to have to move men out of Izium back north to secure Kupiansk. Because what's going to happen? The Ukrainian element is going to assault on Kupiansk to try to hit all of these logistical hub, all these logistical routes coming into this hub. All of them. That's all they have to do. That's, that's literally all they have to do. They did this in the north. They come and they do this in the southern portion of the country. It's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to be so bad for the Russians that are down inside of Izium. Like right now, it looks terrible. They're not going to be able to push anything. You know what? I'm getting ahead of myself because I'm going to talk about Izium here in a minute. But I'm going to go back to these, these redeployed four BTGs. This has been done due to the strength of the defense lines on the Seversky Donetsk River, which is going to act as a natural barrier and will be difficult to cross. So you guys see the Seversky Donetsk River. So this entire thing right here, we're going to just draw it for you guys. This area right there, that is going to end up being a defensive line. It's a natural one. Okay, it's a natural barrier. It's going to be tough for the Ukrainians across and the Russians across. So it actually may, may help with the stalemate here inside of this conflict, to be honest with you guys, which honestly is what the Russians need right now. They need a pause. They need a situational pause. They need to take a deep breath because they have no idea what is really going on, and they've once again overextended themselves. So it's going to make it much easier to defend those stay on that river line. Anyway, the Ukrainian objective is going to shift at some point from this northern portion of Kharkiv. Okay? Once all these Russian troops that are inside this area move back into Russia, it's going to shift to a counter, uh, counter-offensive, like literally all they're going to do is set up a bunch of ambushes. The same thing that we saw them do up in the north to cut off the Russian supply routes that are leading into Izium. This is going to be something I, I've, said over, I've said over the last month or so, once we, saw, so we started to notice that they're starting to shift all their movements of their men, excuse me, of Russians down into Izium. The only reason why I could see Russia wanting to actually possibly hold the town of Kozacha Lapan, which is right here, there's only one reason why I could see that, would be to force the Ukraine to keep some of its troops in the northern part of Kharkiv to slow the counteroffensive which would end up shifting east. Now, to me, that just seems really stupid. It really does. But you know what? They've been known to be digging in heavily fortified trench lines on this area. Maybe they want to have a route inside of Ukraine. They want to have some way to get men back into from Belgorod into Kharkiv on the northern side if they want to take this side of the country, which we're going to talk about here in a little bit. I don't think that Kharkiv is going to be the main objective anymore for the Russians for one, they're struggling down in Izium to make any sort of major advancement. Like, literally, they've made no advancements over the last three days. Three days, they've gone nowhere. Nowhere. With 22 BTGs, were the men in one area. They literally have to regain no ground whatsoever. I think they're starting to shift the idea that's going on inside the Russian uh, generals. I think they're starting to shift their idea on what needs to happen to have some sort of success in the eastern side of Ukraine. 
Now, we are going to slide down here towards Izium. We're going to talk a lot about Izium in this area because this is going to be very important moving forward. Now, Oleksandrovica, which I don't believe there's a Vika in it. Uh, one of you guys had commented. I think it's Oleksandrovica. Anyway, this area has been taken right there. As you guys can see, I have it annotated for you guys. It's now under Russian control. Russian forces are currently assaulting on the villages of Nova Selvika, which I also think there's not a Vika in there. Anyway, my apologies. And Drobashi, which I have... I have showed you guys here. It's literally right there, the same area. That's 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 been it's it's been heavily contested over the last week or so. But there has been heavily fighting and fortified fighting positions inside these villages. So I think it's going to be very difficult for the Russians to actually push through. Ukrainian forces have reported heavy shelling of the town of Lyman as well, which is right there, southeast, I guess you would say. So those two cities are the northern northwest side of it, and they're going to have to push through at some point. They have not been able to get through on the eastern side of Lyman at all. That is the Russian forces. I don't know why I'm over here like trying to grab the light. Anyway, Russians assaults have not broken through any, por any portion of the defensively held areas of Lyman uh, at all. Like, at all. They've shelled the absolute snot out of it, have not been able to push through. So, we're going to go back and talk about this. Russian forces have experienced major setbacks in the last few days on the Eastern Front, and has lastly led to, to minimal gains. The advance coming out of Izium has come to a grinding halt as attrition is starting to set up, along with redeployment of the troops in the north to secure Kharkiv area. Like, them having to redeploy those troops and attrition setting in, they've made minimal gains along the Sevierskinets river line and have lost more troops in attempting river crossings in one day than they normally would in an entire week or more of fighting. You guys remember the one I'm talking about? This one right over here. So Bielohorvika, right there. They also tried another one, by the way, in, in Privia. So these two areas, just right here, they had three attempted river crossings that all failed, every single one of them. You know how many men they lost in those three river crossings? And, and the amount of equipment they've lost was significant. significant. I mean, literally in one day, they lost more men and more equipment than they would in an entire week. That's pretty bad. I'm just going to throw that one out there. So a major offensive that was coming out of Papadza was repelled, as well as they sustained heavy casualties. Okay, so now this is one of the things we're going to talk about here in a second. I do believe this area is going to be the next area they try to make a push from. So at this current time, I do not see the Russians gaining any significant ground in Ukraine over the next week or two weeks. I'm just going to throw this one out there. Just due to the fact they're going to have to once again refit their men and adjust their strategy because the current one is failing to take any significant ground and they are sustaining hedge casualties trying to do so. Okay. They've, they, if we can scroll back over to here, how much ground have they taken in the last two weeks right here? Can anybody tell me? No, no, zero. Literally zero. I get, you know what? I take that back. I take that back. Right here. They took that in one week. That's all they've taken. That's it. Okay. Now, there is a possibility that I could see that Russia could shift its spearheading element, like I told you guys, from Izium and reorganize for a push through Papazna. Now, I do believe that to be the case. I'm going to go ahead and say this right now. So, the route they're going to have to take, if this was to be the case, if they were to do this, shift up here to Kupiansk, come all the way down. All the way around and down like this, okay? Now, I'm only saying this because I have some video footage I want to share with you guys coming out of the town of Starobelisk, which is right here, okay? So just take note. Just keep, keep that in mind as we, as we move forward. Now, I'm going to put this into consideration due to the lack of ground they have able to secure over Izium, and securing severe Nadesk is much, much, much more important. So here's footage of Russian equipment moving through the town of Starobelisk, which I showed you guys, and it's moving south.
So if they're in fact doing this, which I could see them being, it could be a possibility, then they would actually be possibly trying to push out of Papazna with additional troops and move them northwest in hopes to cut off Severe Nadesk, like just like they did down in Mariupol. So we're going to slow scroll down over here. Now, Papazna, these two areas right here, so you have this one as well. That's one of the other areas I could see them pushing through. But that being said, we know that this purple line is going to be the western side of Severe Nadesk, right there with that, that river flows in. That's going to be a, a barrier. That's going to be a natural barrier. It's going to be very difficult for the Ukrainians to push on that side. So if they're, right now they're surrounded by all three sides on the northern, uh, north, northeastern, and southeastern side of Severe Nadesk. Now, if they were to take all those troops and shift them from Izium, I know this may seem kind of crazy. You know, just hear me out. This could be a possibility. Push them through Papazna. They then can actually cut off Severe Nadesk like this. They've had a little bit more ground taken down inside of this area, and this is one of the areas they've held for the last what, eight years has not had any movement, and now they're starting to actually make a little bit of movement in progress. This is the only one on the eastern front they are actually being able to move a little bit out of out of Ukrainian-held areas. And the only reason for that being, inside the city of Papazna, or the town itself, has been completely destroyed. There's nothing to actually defend. So, anyway, Ukrainian forces have blown another dam. So here's Horvlika, just right there. So they have blown another dam to slow the Russian advancement just north of Horvlika, which is inside uh, the area of Sli- We got this name, I promise you, Slivdovarsk. Anyway, right here, this is the dam they blew. So here's the main lake, as you can see right here. It was actually just north of it. There was a dam roughly about right here, and this is one of the areas that was just blown. And this is cell phone footage that was actually taken from the dam uh, that in this area being blown. Also could be indicating that Ukrainians are expected to fall back to the next defense line uh, defensively held line that is that they have set up inside this area. So here's the video. And we're going to scroll out. I want to talk about Mariupol just for one second. So we're going to go over to this other map. So we were just talking North Horlivica, just right there. So we're going to scroll down here. All right. There hasn't been a lot going on on this front right here, other than there's been some attempts by the Russians to actually push north, but it's all else has been hasn't really amounted to anything. Literally nothing. So down here, Mariupol. So everybody who's new to the channel, this little tiny sliver you see in Mariupol has been held off. For a long time. So some people may not realize this, but this area is very important. The last stand of Mariupol is being as important as it has. Uh, we're around to day 80 now of this war. Russia still hasn't managed to secure the city. Not only is this seen as a massive win for the people inside of Ukraine and to give them some sort of hope to continue to fight, but this last holdout has actually forced the Russians to keep an, uh, keep an ample amount of resources with inside, the set, inside the city to try and secure it along with their very valuable air assets that they haven't been able to utilize other portions of the country. That is why they're so slow inside Hazium, and that's why I'm bringing it up. A lot of these men and resources down inside, of area, uh, inside the area of Mariupol are having to be used to take this one little section of Mariupol when they could be utilized inside other portions of the country. So this is one of the reasons you haven't seen Russians push up from the north uh, from the south to go north to help the forces currently trying to take the eastern side of the country. If Ukraine is victorious in this war, uh, a lot of the credit needs to be given to the men and women down inside of Mariupol holding it out. So one of the bigger changes that we've seen come out in the last 24 hours down inside of this area is the fact that Turkey is now offering EVAC uh, for all U- Ukrainian troops out of Mariupol. 
Turkey is now offering to evac all the wounded soldiers on a ship across the Black Sea. But, of course, Mos- Moscow itself, all the Russians, the Kremlin, all them, they haven't agreed to this. No terms, nor do I really th- see them agreeing to terms in the future. So that's pretty much that. I wanted to bring that up with Mariupol just due to the fact that a lot of the men and resources have been destroyed down inside of the city. And if it wasn't for the city holding out for as long as it has, the eastern side of the country may be a different, maybe it may be telling a different story as of right now. So... With that being said, I do love you guys. Thanks for hanging out with me over here on the channel. I will see you guys tomorrow. Make sure to go check out the sponsor of the video, which will be linked to the top of the description. I am out. Thank you, guys.